Utah plays the game of the week in the Pac-12 going to Washington. And if the Huskies win that game, I don't want to see any after the fact. Well, you know, you know what I mean? You are locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team free. But until then, beloved and loaded conference of champions, like, comment, and subscribe. Rate and review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I'm joined today by Roman Tomashoff. He's at rtomashoff34 on Twitter, host of Locked On Huskies, covers the dogs for Fan Nation at Sports Illustrated. Here's what I mean when I gave that cold open here today, Roman. I don't want going into this game people to recognize what is true, which is Utah is a good enough team to win the game. They're capable of winning it. But if Washington were to win the game by, say, 17 points, I don't want people after the fact to go kind of like they did against when, when Utah got blown out by Oregon. Well, Utah's not actually very good. That win does, doesn't mean as much. You can't have it both ways. And I think right. the college football playoff committee is kind of running into that sometimes and i don't want to see that happen because if if washington wins this game roman they should leapfrog florida state to be the number four team in the college football playoff rankings they should already be that but if there's a double digit win now if they you know don't play well scrape by with another close win they probably won't but if 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 UW goes into this game even at home and wins by two possessions or more that should be viewed as it is viewed right now before the game as a high quality win against a good team. No, absolutely. And I mean, I, to, to, to one of your original points, they should already be number four because yep. the, the, the committee showed a, just, just a very confusing approach where it was, Oh, well, Ohio state. And then they said tough Rutgers team. So I'm not going to get into that, <laughs> but that is, Rutgers oh, is not terrible. No, it's not. They're, they're, but Ohio they're state not. is the number one team in the country. Shouldn't have played them even on the road, you know, trailing at the half. No, exactly. And then with Georgia and Michigan, it was, oh, well, they passed the eye test. So, okay, well, then what about Washington, uh, who just won by two possessions at, at USC? Like, that, that, that should be taken into account. I've got a lot of fans in my comments over on Lockton Huskies saying, oh, it's the defense. It's because the defense isn't good. That shouldn't matter. Like the, the, you shouldn't just say, oh, well, their defense is, isn't very good. They should be the, the like, ranked last of all the undefeated teams. No, they still have as many ranked wins as – anybody else who's inside the top four because they have a ranked win over Oregon and they have a ranked win over USC. So, if, and by the way, what, Arizona, it was not ranked at the time, but that win continues to look better and better because Arizona, good football team. Exactly. I, that's what I was just about to say. I, I like when you read my mind. I do appreciate it. <laughs> I, I feel like that's why you keep having me back. Uh, but that's, that's, that's one of the big things where, yeah, that, that win also continues to look better and better. And then we look at this Utah game and you're right, Spencer, where the spread is nine and a half right now. And if the Huskies can find a way to cover that spread, no matter what it is, I, I feel like the, and I know we're going to get more into this in a little bit, but one of the things for me personally, that I think is one of my, what one of the things that I'll be watching the most is the defense 
But on, on the other side of the ball, you always have to talk about Michael Penix in the offense because, you know, of course, that's that's what this team is. And um, if Washington can find a way to just kind of pick apart Utah's defense in the same way that Oregon did, and they, they still can't – they, they find a way to win the game and they still can't find a way to break into the top four – I just I don't know what's going on in those committee meetings if that's if that's the case here. Yeah, and I I just don't care for the inconsistency with the college football playoff committee and how they're ranking the undefeateds right now because Ohio State does have the best resume, right? They have a win absolutely against Penn State that is a really good win. They have a win at Notre Dame, which is not a great win but a good win to be sure. But if you're looking at Washington and saying, well, you know, their, their, their resume is good, but they don't pass the eye test. Like, whoa, how much are we factoring in the eye test here? Because if you're doing eye test, Georgia should be number one, not Ohio State. Ohio State is not impressive to me on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense no. is, is vastly improved. But those are the sorts of things that just make me go, I, I don't really get what we're doing here. You look at Florida State and okay, they beat a top 10 team at the time in LSU, and they should get credit for winning that game by 21 points. It's a really good win. But Oregon, objectively speaking right now, based on the committee's own logic, is a better win because Oregon right. is higher ranked than LSU by a lot, has one loss to, to LSU's three. And I just worry about, you know, if Washington does go in and and win this game, let's say by, you know, 14 to 17 points, and they really control it from the start, I just worry about how, you know, you'll see happen what feels like happens to West Coast teams all the time. And again, you saw it with Oregon and Utah. Well, you know, Utah wasn't actually that good. Like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. Going into the game, you've got a fair number of people picking the Utes to win it. And then Oregon wins by a lot. And suddenly you go, ah, well, no, Utah just wasn't that good. Like, you got to give the team. Yep. I, I want to credit the team that wins more than I want to punish the team that loses because winning is hard when you are, when you are playing a good team. So let, let's, let's dive into this matchup a bit. The spread, according to our friends at FanDuel, is nine and a half. Washington, the favorite. Haven't decided whether or not I think the Huskies uh, cover that one. Certainly a double-digit win would look uh, very good on, on their resume here. But the, the matchup that is most intriguing big picture to me, Roman, is Washington's defense against Utah's offense because that's a worst yeah. on worst. And then Utah defense, Washington offense is best on best. Like that's going to be, you know, a prize fight of sorts. Utah best defense statistically in terms of points per game allowed in the Pac-12. Washington offensively, one of the best in uh, the country coming off a 52-point effort against USC. I want to talk about that other side, though. How do you see this going between Washington's defense, which has had their ups and downs and up against Arizona State, probably closer to a down last week uh, against USC. How do you see that playing out against this Utah offense led by Bryson Barnes? I, I think that the, just the number one thing is stopping the run because that's what we've seen the Huskies have trouble with at times more often than against the uh, the past this year, where, of course, they've allowed some big plays to the air. Who hasn't? But I think that stopping the run and just filling gaps and everything is going to be the key to stopping this Utah defense because it's just, excuse me, this Utah offense. It's about making Bryson Barnes beat you is the biggest thing. And if the Huskies can find a way to just shut down the run game early on, get into some third and six, third and sevens, just early on in the ball game and just say, all right, yeah, we dare you to throw the ball on us. That's, that's what we want to do. That's going to be the Hus Huskies defense's biggest way to just kind of getting back on track because we've seen some, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily because Asher Daniels had a fantastic performance against uh, the Husky defense. I don't, I don't really want to call him subpar after what we saw him do, but we've seen some just not top tier in the Pac-12 quarterbacks 
uh, have have some success against this Husky defense. So I I, I think that there's still some so, some something to be desired there is, is, is the term I want to go with here. But I think that that's going to be the game plan is we're going to make you beat us with your arm. Right. And, and I think that's the game plan that Oregon executed very well. Uh, the Utes ran for just under 100 yards in the game and said, Gabe, Bryson Barnes, try and throw the football two touchdowns or, or two interceptions and no touchdowns on the game. I, I think that definitely is the formula and, and why that number you know, nine and a half is interesting for those of you that, that are gamblers out there. If Utah comes out and is able to run the football success, successfully, it, it, is anyone going to be like incredibly shocked that Kyle Whittingham wins a game that people, you know, on the whole probably aren't going to think that he could win and just kind of does a really good coaching job and scraps and claws and finds a way and makes enough plays defensively? I, I don't think anyone uh, w- would be shocked if uh, that happens and we've got more to get to on on the matchup and the players that are going to define this game in Seattle this week. But let's get personal for a moment, shall we? Because we we come on here every week and talk about wins and losses and we get excited about them or not as much. Well, more you in the comment section than, uh, than, than me personally, of course, but we're, we're always looking for what's coming next, right? That's kind of our nature. And you never know what's coming next. And you don't want to be unprepared, which is why you need to go get a Jace case from Jace Medical. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. You can get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. It's doctor-created and it is doctor-recommended. If you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase so you can be prepared. You don't want to be caught unprepared in today's world. That's jacemedical.com. Use that code locked on for $20 off your purchase to get your Jace case today. Five life saving antibiotics for emergency use. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This sips. In sync. In sync. Gosh, we're just on top of it today. All right. Let's get to some individual player matchups here. First of all, is is Jalen McMillan expected to play this week? Uh, Kalen DeBoer officially gave him a questionable label on Monday. Okay. Well, Washington seems to be able to score whether or not he's there or not. But... I think when you look at this Washington offense, you know, the Utah secondary got beat by Oregon a, a little bit. They, they did, I think, a pretty good job. They held Oregon to one of their lower, lower yardage totals uh, of the season a couple weeks ago. They were dominant last week against Arizona State. Now, ASU had some some quarterback injuries, and, uh, you know, there was one point in time where Jalen Conyers, the tight end, was going to have to step in and, and take some snaps. So what do you think is – the most important thing for Washington offensively against the Utah defense that surprise, surprise is really good. What 
no way this is the, this is the I, know, I know i know i can't I'm, believe I'm, it i'm stunned personally. they haven't been much of a defensive culture in salt lake city and all of a sudden they've put together no. a good unit this year it's just it, 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 it's a surprise to us all this is this is blowing my mind here but i i think that the the, the number one thing is uh protecting michael Brooks, as it usually is where the Huskies, they're coming off a game where they ran for 300 yards as a team against Alex Grinch defense. And as we said before the show, Spencer, pour one out for, for our guy. But uh, I, I think that um, the, the biggest thing is because Jonah Ellis is that dude, man. He can get after yep. the quarterback with the best of them. And I think Washington has a, a, a good pair of tackles that can stand up to it. And the one of the biggest things with Washington is the interior of their offensive line is, as I don't want to say finally healthy, because they're still without their starting center to open the season. And a guy who I think actually might have been their starting left guard in a guy named Guard Metalar, just perfect name. Just one of the best names in all of college football right there. I can't wait till he's actually on the field. But um Parker Burlesford has been spectacular at center. Uh, Nate Kalepo has had some struggles at left guard, but is really starting to solidify himself. And now that Julius Bulow is back, after he missed six weeks with a high ankle sprain, the Husky offensive line along the interior is as healthy as we're probably going to see it for the rest of the season. So I think that that's the biggest thing is if Utah can't find a way to get after Michael Penix and put some pressure on him, then we we, we know what Mike does in those scenarios. He just is able to throw the ball all over the yard and does literally anything he wants. Yeah, I, I'm I'm completely with you there. And, and I think that the numbers back that up, that Penix under pressure this season has not been as good as he normally is. And most quarterbacks aren't quite as good, but I think Penix's numbers have a pretty sizable drop off when, when when he's under pressure this year. And and Jonah Ellis, big number ninety three, is like you said, as good as good as they come. I like that call from you quite a bit. That if you keep Penix upright, I I think Utah's secondary is solid. I don't know that they're good enough. I don't know that anyone really is is good enough if you give Michael Penix time to slow down these these Washington receivers. I like this Utah secondary a lot. They're not the world beaters that they were in years past. That's 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 yeah, the biggest. And there's difference. no Clark and there's no Clark Phillips back there from a season exactly. ago. Like they have some good solid players. They're well coached, very disciplined and whatnot. But do they have a guy that you look at and say, "Oh man, that's a dominant shutdown player"? Like Cole Bishop is uh, a good player, but I I, I just uh, you know they're, like it, they're good. They're they're, they're good. That- but I don't think it's the best secondary that Washington has faced this year. I, I think Oregon's is better, frankly. I, I I probably agree with you there. And it's and one of those things is when you look at and um I don't really think there's anybody who can do this, but you don't look at maybe outside of you know like Cooper DeGene at Iowa, Kalen King at Penn State, those kind of guys. There's nobody that you would really trust on this Utah defense that just says, Oh, there's Roma Dunze over there. Yeah, let's let's go. Uh, you're you're just gonna be on an island against that dude all day long. I don't think there's anybody on that defense where you can trust to do that. And I mean, again, I don't think there's anybody in the Pac-12 really that can that can actually do that. Um, but I think that that's one thing where you want to look at it. And Spencer, actually, interestingly enough, when you talk about Penix not being as good under pressure as he was maybe last year, it's because we've seen more pressure from the interior. Right. And one of my, my biggest things for a long time when it comes to building a team, and it's, it's a whole other nerdy discussion that I can get into, is um, interior pressure is the number one game wrecker for any defense. Because if you can get pressure from the interior just right away and just seeing a quarterback and a quarterback sees somebody in his face right away, that's the number one thing. And when Washington had trouble against Arizona State, it was because of interior pressure. When Washington had trouble early on in that on that first drive against Oregon, it was because of interior pressure. You see it time and time and time again. That's why I wanted to harp on the offensive line being so healthy now at the guard spot. Parker Brailsford again at center has been just absolutely phenomenal this year. That dude to be deserves to be a freshman All-American. Like that's that's how high of a level he's played at this season. Um, but I think that 
yeah, you talked about that Utah secondary, and you talked about um, Jalen Polk, who's been spectacular this year again. Uh, Giles Jackson now, who's healthy and can be a, a game breaker in spots with his his speed and his just ability to just move the chains consistently. And that's the same thing with a guy like Jeremy Bernard, who can just do a little bit of everything. And that dude, I think next year he's going to take a huge leap and be one of the better receivers in this conference. And it's just this Washington, just you mean the Big Ten is, conference. Oh, I, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was talking See, to you as an Oregon guy there for a second yet. too. We're no, not, it's, it's, we're not it's, even used to it yet or thinking about like, I, it won't hit home until Oregon plays, you know, for me as a duck fan, it won't hit home until Oregon plays a conference game against Illinois. And I'm like, what are we doing here? But, you know, I, funny, funny enough. I don't remember Washington's, but Oregon's first big 10 conference game is against UCLA. Oh, <laughs> Like what we did. I feel like okay. it's like Northwestern or something for for Washington. Where it's like, okay, cool. It's actually a Big Ten school. Yeah, yeah. Vaunted Big Ten there with Northwestern. I'm sure they pose a challenge. Okay, uh, real quick before we get to our range of outcomes for for Week 11, Utah offensively wants to run the football with Jaquin and Jackson. Utah offensively wants to get the ball to Sione Vaki and Bryson Barnes is a complimentary quarterback when he has been. The Utah offense has been quite good, save for that game against Oregon. They had a big week last week against a good defense in Arizona State, by the way. Washington fans know that well. It's a good Arizona State defense, and Utah picked them apart, did anything and everything that they wanted to. The biggest key to slowing down the Utes' offensive attack, headlined by the running backs, is what? Is run fits, because we saw it at times against USC where the run fits weren't, weren't there, the tackling wasn't there. And that's going to be the biggest thing. We're going to see how healthy Washington is in the secondary because there were times against um, USC, times against Stanford, where they just went with a, a traditional 4-3 look, which, as we know, is not necessarily standard in college football anymore. It's Unless, you know, we're playing some of these Big Ten West teams, which, you know, we'll, we'll see next year. Uh, <laughs> but it's more of a, a 4-2-5 look, right, uh, where you get that extra defensive back on the field. But I think that we might see the Huskies go to that 4-3 look a little bit more often and just kind of say, all right, we're going to sell out to stop the run. And it's just it's about wrapping up and tackling and doing those things, which has been been questionable at times this year. It's still been better than it was last year for, for this Husky defense. I, I want to put that out there. It's still been better than it was last year, but there's still room for improvement there. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our, our range of outcomes. We'll start with uh, that Washington Utah game. And, and this is where we talk about what our expectations are. And I've been doing it by myself mostly, but I've got Roman with me here uh, today to do it. Expectations and kind of what the best outcome is for, for each team. I'll start with this Washington Utah game. I think the best outcome for Washington is Penix has time to throw, which means he throws for a lot of yards and you can't stop those Washington receivers. And if they, I don't think they have to you know, play against the run the way the way Oregon did a couple weeks ago. They, they they just need to be just solid, not not great, but like under under 175 yards rushing, under 175 yards rushing. I think that would be a great performance from the Washington defense, given the circumstances here. And I think Washington, at their best, can win this game. Frankly, by almost 20 points. I think Utah and Kyle Whittingham are too good to get blown out quite like that, but. I think I think Washington's best outcome is probably like a a forty one to kind of twenty four kind of game. I'll go I'll go forty one twenty four. And I think for Utah, if they run the football, if Jonah Ellis gets pressure on Michael Penix, and the offense is therefore going to be able to do enough, Utah can win this game. I think that looks like a much more low scoring affair, and is in kind of the twenty seven twenty four range. I think I that's the best outcome for Utah here. I I I have a, I have a stat for you here. Hit me. What 
What is Kyle Whittingham's career record against Washington? Two and seven. Yes. Yes, it is. So that's, I, I, I'm very proud of you there with Thank that you. one. Uh, but that's that's one thing where, yeah, like there, there's a lot that, that favors Washington in this game. Utah, if Utah wins this game, it is because they were able to shut down Michael Penix and find a way to shut down this rushing attack after, again, coming off a really hot week. But if Washington can win, Washington, Washington has a chance to win big. I don't know if they will. You know me. I'm not a predictions guy here. Uh, but. Well, this is what this is a perfect segment for you. It's just oh no, this is like this is fantastic. Yeah, (laughs) Roman's all excited. (laughs) I have to make a prediction. Just give a range. Exactly, and Washington has the chance to win big because they have the chance to get defensive stops and find a way to figure out their defense while also just saying, yeah, we can if we can just you know do a couple things here, do a couple things there, and do everything we want to offensively, we can come out of this game looking really looking really good with another big win over a ranked team. Yeah, I, I'm 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 with you there. But you also do think that if Washington doesn't play a good game and Utah does and they run the football, the Utes are capable of winning this one. 100%. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really fun game in the Pac-12 game of the week. There are five other ones in our beloved Conference of Champions, though. What are the ranges of outcomes for each of those matchups? There's only one team that Roman and I agree cannot win this week. Everybody else could, in this world, get it done. You can get some work done over at Prize Picks, which is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can pick combo projections like LeBron James three pointers and Travis Kelsey receptions over 10 and a half and all sorts of fun stuff like that. You can play by, alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz in the community plays under the promos tab of the app to see some of the biggest names competing in Price Picks each week. To do so, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 that's locked on college or prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's get to the other five games. The next biggest one is USC at Oregon. Not as big nationally as it was expected to be before the year. The Trojans have lost three of their last four games, which is kind of crazy, but that's where we're at right now. Oregon's a 16 and a half point favorite. We've seen underdogs of uh, larger numbers win. I, I think USC is capable of winning here. I don't feel confident in their ability to do so. I, I, I know, look, changing defensive coordinators, it can't hurt. Like not USC's bad. defense literally could not be any worse. So maybe it's a touch better, but Oregon at home, the way that offense is playing, I think best outcome for the Ducks is they like the Huskies hang a 50 burger on on usc but caleb williams will score some points so i think the best outcome for oregon i'll go 50 i'll go 56 because they're at home and washington was on the road put up 52 i'll go 56 27 uh, i think holding Ooh. usc under 30 I, I i think oregon if they really get things rolling could win this game big because here's what i want here's what i wonder about roman i i wonder about usc's motivation level now that they're out okay. of the college football playoff lost another game like they it feels like they're just kind of deflated and I think that if they get down early, Oregon could put their foot on, on the gas. Conversely, the best outcome for USC is they play a shootout. They play a yeah. shootout. 
Cam Ward gave this Oregon defense some trouble throwing the football. If Caleb Williams does that, USC could score a lot of points, and the Trojans could win this game, you know, probably both teams over 40, like a 43-40, kind of like that. So I don't I don't know if USC wins this game, but I think they cover. I, I think they're able to cover in this game because that 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 new coach energy just always seems to have a positive impact on the team. Look at the Raiders this 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 past week. Yep, it just that's a great always, point. It always seems to help, and I think that there there is still one motivation for for USC going forward, and because this is their one game when you kind of look at the rest of their schedule, where they can play spoiler. And yeah, that's true. I, this is. This is this. I, I'm sure that all the Oregon people are going to be like, "Oh, that's the Washington guy." Of course, he's going to say that. But I, I think that's a legitimate possibility here because they're still going to find a way to get up for UCLA because of the crosstown rivalry and everything like that. But I think that this is their one chance to say, "Oh, we can play spoiler here and do this." All right, yeah, let's let's give these guys a run for their money. I think that Lincoln Riley's going to empty the bag offensively like he did against the Huskies with that flea flicker play that was like I. I Still just mind blowing. Oh that. gosh, that was good. That yeah, was good. That was, sweep, that was really cool. The sweep cut back flea flicker. I've never seen anything yeah. like that. That was just play no. of the year in college football. Best play was, design. Uh, it, was, it, I, was, it was thoroughly good. I don't I don't know if Lincoln has something else like that in his bag, but um I, I can I can see him finding a way to empty the bag and try to just do anything he can to keep this Oregon defense off balance and just say, Yeah, let's go, let's you know, at least keep it close and we can find a way to just, you know. Keep scoring because that's what they do. They'll find a way to score as they yep. usually do. Caleb's Caleb is just incredible. And I think that they, they do find a way to at least cover the spread in this game. Yeah, that's, just just to be clear, my my 56 to 27 was the best possible outcome yeah, for, oh, for sure. if they if they if they get things rolling. I just want to make that clear for the comment section down there. But anyway, um I again game predictions for me for every matchup will come tomorrow on the show. I think Roman could very well be onto something with uh, with the cover there. So we both agree USC can win, but far more likely that Oregon does win, especially at home. How about the coin flip game of the week? Wazoo at Cal. I, I don't think either team can win this game, Roman, by more than 13 points. I, re- I was I really, really hoping you were going to leave it there. I was really hoping you would say, I don't think either <laughs> team can win this game and just leave it there. That, that would have been fantastic. Well, so here's the thing. These teams are playing for bowl eligibility because Washington yeah. State is not winning at Washington, and they currently have five losses, but Washington would be six. So if they lose this game, that'd be what I view as their seventh loss of the year. Cal already has six losses. So this is a very low-stakes game, but it's going to be the most competitive one. I think it's going to be a really competitive game. And and I I, I think the range of outcomes here – I don't think I don't I don't think anybody wins by more than 10. I think this game is truly sure. a coin flip. I, I see where you're headed with that. I think that there is a chance for Wazoo to win big here, and that's their best possible outcome because I I and I know I know your your so Cal Golden Bears. Though. They're so no, down right now. You're you're right. But so but my what I was gonna say was I think that it depends on which Cam Ward shows up. Do we get the okay, erratic Cam Ward or do we get the oh wow, this dude looks like he could be a top like high draft pick in the NFL Cam? I think that that's going to be just kind of that's the whole range of outcome for both teams there, right? Where if we see a good Cam Ward, it's oh yeah, Wazoo is going to find a way to, to win this game. But if not, it's oh Cal can Cal is able to do a whole bunch of different things there. Okay, here's something I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna check the uh, I'm gonna check the the over under right now because I'm I'm most curious as to what it is. So let's see. Um, 
do 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 do. I, I should have had this ready before, and I apologize, but it just kind of popped into my head as we were as we were talking uh, about this, is this great particular matchup. As, yeah, as we, I mean, it's, know, it's absolutely, up absolutely <laughs> yeah, top top shelf best uh, best that we got. Um, I wonder if I if I missed the game. Arizona State, UCLA, USC, Oregon. Okay, I'll I'll come back to this uh, in in just a moment. But um, here's the uh, here's the thing that I'm trying to get at here. I think there could be a lot of points in this game. Washington State's defense has been inconsistent. Cal's defense is bad. I think there could be, I think, I think both teams are going to be over 30 points. That's my prediction. So once I find uh, the, the over under here in a minute, I'll see whether or not I might be handing that out as one of my Pac-12 prime picks of the week. Um, Okay. Arizona at Colorado. I I think Colorado can win this game. If, if Roman, they got to be able to stop the run because when Arizona runs the football and that offense is balanced, that offense is dangerous with Noah Fafita, Tetaroa McMillan, and Jacob Cowie. And don't sleep on their tight end, Gabe McLaughlin. I, oh, I, I completely agree with you there. I think that this is like if I were going to put a percentage chance on it, as ESPN always does, I would give Arizona somewhere between 85 and 90% chance to win this game. Uh, I just, I've just, I haven't been impressed with Colorado for the majority of the season. And I that was that was something I was firmly ensconced in early on in the year, even when they got all the media hype and were doing this and doing that. I was firmly in the camp of let's let's see what happens here. And I really like this Arizona team, Spencer. You had me on here last week, and we just gushed about this Arizona team that are ranked now. Hey, shout out to them. That's that's shout awesome. Out the love. Wildcats. Shout out to the love. Wildcats. They've been building. Absolutely love to see that. And I think that after whatever went on with Colorado's offensive coordinator, just leaving, getting fired, whatever, whatever that still confusing situation was to me. Yes. I just, I don't have a lot of faith of what's going on in that program. Uh, is, is it something that can still be built up? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to say that. I don't want all the coach prime people to be like, Oh, you're just, you're just one of those haters. It's not, it's not what's going on here. I I, I don't want to hear that, but I think that this isn't their year. It's not. We already know this. And I think that Arizona, with what, everything that they're building to, this is kind of what we're starting to see. And I, I really hope that they're able to carry all that momentum over into the Big 12. See, I got it right that time. <laughs> yeah, there you, there you go. By the way, a couple notes. FanDuel actually has the line at uh, Oregon minus 14 and a half against USC, not 16 and a half. I think that's was offered by Caesars. But the over-under in the Cal-Washington State game is 58 and a half. Oh, let's slam that over. I'm thinking about handing out the over on the Pac-12 prime picks tomorrow here on the show. I am actively considering because I don't love a lot of the lines this week. I, I really don't. But let's go through the last two here. Arizona State at UCLA and Stanford at Oregon State. I think Stanford's the only team that can't win this week. Yeah. And I think that because Oregon State at Reeser always plays even better defense. I think the Cardinals struggle to move the ball. Oregon State's offense is is good enough. I think the I think Stanford could hang around. They've been playing much better. I think their best outcome is losing by a touchdown to ten points. I think the worst outcome is Oregon State runs away with this by thirty. I I can agree with you there. It's Stanford has done some impressive things at times. The comeback win against Colorado. They kept it close against the Huskies. They played Washington they beat, well. Yep. Yeah they 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 beat Wazoo. Uh, I don't I don't I don't know if we're gonna call that impressive, but they did. It's a road. Um, I mean, it's a road win. It is. No, it is. It's a road. Um, it, it's a, it's a road. Their only two Pac-12 wins have come on the road. How about that? That is really impressive. But uh, it's also just shocking. But I mean, yes. hey, look at look at that stadium. Um, 
I, I got to get one shot in there. I just I always have to. But no, I'm I'm 100 with you. You, you know uh, that I've been high on the beeves all year long, and I I can absolutely just I don't I don't see them losing this game. Yeah, me neither. But Arizona State at UCLA, however, look, I think UCLA is going to win the game. But when we're talking range of outcomes here at the polar end of one one end of the spectrum, there's a world in which I see Arizona State winning the game, and it's UCLA you know, feeling demoralized now that their Pac-12 title hopes are done. And the quarterback situation is messy. This Arizona State defense, I think, could be poised for a bounce back. I, I think I'm I'm liking them plus 17 as I say this out loud on the road uh, against UCLA. No matter who's been at quarterback, Dante Moore or Ethan Garbers, UCLA quarterbacks are turning the football over a lot. This is a this is normally they had a bad week last week, but the offense really wasn't helping them out. This is a bad or this is a really good Arizona State defense. It's a bad Arizona State offense, but that defense, if they force a couple turnovers, I, I could just barely. I mean, like 1% chance. I think Stanford so, has a 0% chance of winning. I think UC, Arizona State's got a 1% chance of upsetting UCLA. So I, I, I like your thinking because I'm, I'm in a similar range here where you, UCLA has more talent. They have a lot of things that they, that they can do. But I, especially with, with your thought on the quarterbacks, because that's kind of what I was thinking too where I think that the best case scenario for Arizona state in this game is kind of like the game they played against Washington where they were able to Mm -hmm. be the better, like they benefited off a couple of turnovers on the road, on the road. They played really good defense and they just found a way to keep themselves in the ball game the entire time. They rushed the passer really well. They just did a lot of really good things, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that UCLA is, they're just, I, I I was trying to find a nice way to say it, but I don't care. They're just, they're not Washington. They're not Washington's offense. They can't do some of the things that the Huskies can. Right. And they, they, they wouldn't be able to kind of bounce back in the same way that the Huskies were able to against uh, Arizona state. Yeah. I, I, I think we're in agreement there and. Oh boy, it's going to be an interesting week. I, I think there aren't as many like high profile games, mostly because USC at Oregon is not as, you know, nationally important as it was going to be before the season. But right. Utah, Washington still should be a really fun game. Good week in the Pac-12, a full week in the Pac-12, which is our favorite type. Roman Tomashoff, Locked on Huskies, Fan Nation at Sports Illustrated, covering the dogs, is at rtomashoff34 on Twitter. Roman, thanks as always. Spencer, as always, thanks for having me. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.